I will take what is mine with and blood. Welcome to the Make Westeros Great Again podcast, the greatest podcast that ever was or will be, the podcast that will mount the world. This podcast is gallivanting straight to the top of the iTunes rankings. We are here to cover cover HBO's Game of Thrones, and most importantly, we are here to make Westeros great again. My name is Andrew of House Stuff Crust. And my name is Kevin of House Panda. Andrew, this was the fifth episode of season six called The Door. And we might have thought, why did they call it The Door? Is it the door to Winterfell? Is it the door to the wall? No, it's some little rickety door north of the wall that Mr. Hodor has to hold. A pretty sad episode, Andrew. Yeah, I think this door is going to end up being the most famous door probably in television history, Kevin? Could be, could be. I think that's fair. Uh, You know, last week we had a super happy episode. A lot of people were saying it was maybe the happiest episode we've had on Game of Thrones. Apparently we can't have nice things on Game of Thrones. Nope, nope. Because... Yeah, this one was sad. Yeah, this we had the happiest. And we may, okay, it brought people to tears last week with happiness. And I think it brought people to tears with sadness this week. Uh, let's talk about a couple other things. There's going to be plenty of Hodor talk in this episode. Uh, before we get to what we're going to talk about, I just want to give you props up front about mm-hmm. being right about the children of the forest. Uh, I think your skepticism proved uh, to be to be right on. I'm glad that you're uh, willing to admit it. Now I'm just waiting for you to admit two other things. One, that Kevin Lannister is the best on the entire uh, Game of Thrones universe. And number two, that uh, Bran really is not uh, worth the time of TV time that he gets. Uh, And again, we see today uh, him doing something kind of stupid and just messing everything up. So uh, here's the one thing, though, I will say. The, uh, The Children of the Forest at least... Had fireballs. At least they had fireballs. At least they had the fireballs. I'm not willing to go out there and, and give you all of that credit, but uh, we'll wait and see what happens with Bran. Uh, one other thing we want to talk about, uh, just pointed out front, the North. They're recruiting like John Calipari now. Got to get yeah, those are. money bags out. Got to gotta get these uh, Northern houses on their team for next mm-hmm. season. Uh, all right, Kevin, let's start off and talk about what is on tap for this episode. We're going to start off with a eulogy for Hodor. We've never done this before. I don't think we've ever heard a eulogy on any other Game of Thrones podcast. So this is going to be the first one uh, because I think it's going to be the most important. I agree. I'm with you there. Uh, Then we're going to do some wildfire hot takes. Uh, I've got a step your game up I put together for you, Kevin, where it's a real Game of Thrones theory, like on Reddit, you know, there's a bunch of theories, or a theory just I just made up, just made up randomly. (laughs) Okay, Okay? sounds good. Uh, And then we're going to close, of course, as always, with the Book of Brothers and the It Is Known prediction segment. But first, Kevin, let's do a eulogy for Hodor. Do you think this is important? Absolutely. I'm going to let you take this. I think, you know, it hit me really hard. I'm not sure I could even get through the eulogy. You're a little stronger than I am. I'm going to let you take a shot. Okay. Friends, podcast listeners, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Hodor, not to praise him. Goodbye, Westeros's rose. It seems to me that you lived your life like wildfire in the wind never fading with the sunset when winter swept in reddit threads across the world offered him a kingly crown but he did not respond with a nod he responded with a hodor (laughs) the gods in heaven must have really wanted Oh, that's great. I really that's all wanted I had. to. Throughout that whole thing, all I could hear in, in the back of my mind was like, ya, ya, da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm the one producing this episode this week, so maybe I will go back and put that. <laughs> yeah, that might work. 
that might be the best the best thing. So Hodor, uh, you know, very emotional. No one but wanted to see Hodor die. That was no good, man. That's like Hodor's up there with with uh, dire wolves dying. God, we had that this with this episode too. Those happened within no a minute and a half of each other. I know. Come on, like more, mostly we'd be talking about dire wolves dying, but now then they had to throw Hodor in the mix. It's kind of honestly like kind of a knock to the dire wolf. Like usually we'd be we'd be giving the dire wolf the eulogy, not Hodor. No, nope. but, but Hodor needs deserves all this attention. Indeed, I agree. Uh, so let's let's move on. There's gonna be plenty of Hodor talk this episode, uh, but let's move on and do some wildfire hot takes. Wildfire, stand clear, stand clear. All right, Kevin, we're gonna start off with the box score, which of course is kills. Now. There were very few kills this week. Uh, if you go by this new metric we're going to do, uh, we're not going to count like the zombie whites uh, in our box score. They're already dead. Because it's too, it's too hard, and they're already dead. Now, if you kill a White Walker, that counts. Like That's, that's, that's an impressive. That but like uh, Leaf throwing the fireballs, she killed probably 100 whites. I can't count those. <laughs> like When I'm trying to do this, I can't count them. It's too hard. I probably could. It's way too much time. I have other things going on. So mm-hmm. we're not going to count those. So if you if you consider that, uh, we've only got a couple kills that we can actually mention. Mira, Mira Reed, gets one kill of a White yeah. Walker. And the Night's King gets one kill, kills the Three-Eyed Raven. Now, other people died. Lots of people died. You know, Hodor was killed by the horde of whites. And Summer was killed by the horde. So it may seem like there was not a lot of death by the box score, but don't let that deceive you. Yeah, there was a lot of death in this episode. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that... Can we... Can we? If I was trying to think of a way that we could, like, count... Like, if you get seven white kills, that's like a person uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, but no. to do that, we'd have to, like, contact HBO's CGI director and ask how many of them died this yeah. episode. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to go back and do that. There's no way to do it. All right. I, I'm with you. I, I, I agree with the... Uh, and the I don't trust their CGI department to be consistent from scene to scene on, on who's where and how many they're actually there. Good like, point. They're probably just like, oh, just throw a bunch of zombies in there. They won't care. <laughs> All right, know? Andrew. So who's the MVP of the episode? Here's the criteria. Again, whatever you want it to be, who did the most to advance their cause, who was the most badass, or just because. I'm going to give you some candidates this week. We have the Knights King. Andrew, he might have just won the game. The explanation of how the White Walkers can get over the wall now is out there. Uh, we also have Euron Greyjoy, declared king of the Iron Islands. He also did the whole thing where he, like, spit out the water and woke back up. What is dead may never die. Uh, he's got the shifty eyes going. He said he was going to go kill his uh, niece and nephew. Uh, luckily, they had taken off. Or, Andrew, we have Hodor. Potential MVP of this episode put the team on his back, though. We learned his backstory here. He held back like 2,000 billion whites, let Mira and Bran escape. Have to give it to him. Potential Lifetime Achievement Award winner here. Who is your MVP? Well, the Night's King, I think, did the most to advance his cause. Uh, or maybe Hodor did because Bran got away, and Bran may be the most critical character. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah. To the <laughs> whole thing. But I think you got to give it to Hodor. Right, I think the Night's King will have some episodes in the future where he can excel and, and win this award, but Hodor's not going to be able to win this anymore. So as much as he did this episode, I think uh, we should give it to him uh, purely based on, uh, you know, as a lifetime achievement award. He probably wouldn't have ever won it in any episode in the past, no matter how awesome he was. This is his one chance to shine, helping out his friends, uh, and certainly had one of the most emotional moments uh, of sure. the show so far. In terms of a sneaky candidate for MVP this week, I might give it to the one that had the most, like, killer lines, and that was Sansa, Andrew. Ooh. She, I don't know that she advanced her cause necessarily, but she got some FaceTime with your man Littlefinger, and she put some sick burns in there. If you didn't know, you're an idiot. If you did know you're my enemy, all I wrote was, damn, Santa, I love that line. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. I think that she at least is in consideration here. I, I agree Hodor is probably the shoe-in, uh, but Sansa's like, a, I think she's second for me. Uh, you know, Sansa going to be a strong contender for 
the All-Star Game. We didn't mention up top. At the end of this Wildfire Hot Take segment, we will talk about the All-Star Game winners, All-Star Game uh, teams. Sansa, you know, having a strong season, does she have enough uh, enough to uh, you know make the All-Star team? Mm. Uh, that would be in the Northern Conference. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But right now we're going to talk about uh, the Rookie of the Year candidates. It's a pretty weak year, pretty weak crop of uh, rookies, but we've got a couple to talk about. Uh, the first one is the Red Priestess, Kinvara. She's pretty much like Melisandre. Uh, I think you have some thoughts about her. Yeah, uh, the only thing that I wrote down uh, was first, uh, who the hell is this? That was the first <laughs> first one because this this chick has lines all of a sudden and we don't have any idea who she is. But I think there must be a rule that every female uh, Red God Priestess has to show like considerable cleavage. Like that's that's just a rule, right? I think it's just good marketing. It's good recruitment technique. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's and, very and, effective. Know, Melisandre's talked about that a little bit. You know, she's like she uses some of these things to to get to people. Uh, one of which would be her body. So I think this one was taking taking a clue from Melisandre. It must be a thing. And and I think you're right. It has uh, it has laudable recruiting uh, tactics. Back to John Calipari. Like I think it. Makes a lot of sense. You know, everyone has their, their angle. Uh, John Pari has Drake and Melisandre uh, <laughs> and the Red Priestesses have clear. So there you go. So are you saying that, like, uh, Melisandre is Sansa and John's World Wide West? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's exactly right. So, uh, okay, here we are with uh, what's who's the next one? Because uh, I have no idea who this is. Damp Fair? Damp Fair? Damp Fair? Damp Fair. He, he's the Damp priest. Fair. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. So he had a couple lines. He was a thing. This yeah. He he was the priest. Uh, but he damn. he's not that cool. He he has a little bit more in the book, but he's still not that cool. Uh, one other guy I want to point out is that the theater manager. Uh, his name is Richard E. Grant. He's been in a lot of great movies. He's been in the Doctor Who TV show. Uh, great movie called With Nail and I. Check that one out. He's like a very one of one of those OG British actors that like has to make an appearance in Game of Thrones before it's over. So they're just fair going enough. through and checking those guys off the list. All right. That's he's, fair. He's not going to win the award, but it's cool that he's in it. Okay. Uh, let's move on and talk about the Hall of Fame qualifiers. Of course, to be qualified for the Hall of Fame, you must be dead. And to uh, be voted in, you have to be voted in by the Baseball Writers Association of Westeros, which now you can get in. You can backdoor get into that association by being a Book of Brothers member. You can find more about that at the end. But there are three, four qualifiers, Kevin. Four qualifiers uh, for the Hall of Fame this week. Uh, I want you to give me your quick take on whether these people should be in the Hall of Fame. Number one, the Three-Eyed Raven. No, man, that dude, I don't know. I Whatever. We, we saw him for like three episodes. First of all, it had two characters. One of them was the dude with like the long beard or whatever. And then we had this guy. Uh, nope, not for me. Not even a really even consideration. Not even uh, like a sixth ballot. I'm not, not interested in Three-Eyed Raven. All right, uh, n- number two, Leaf, the children no of the forest. No, no children of the forest get in. Fireballs? Fireballs? No, no, no. N-O. Okay. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> uh, Summer the direwolf. Uh, okay, so this should be like a direwolf, like just all the direwolves get in. Because how can you leave the direwolves off? It's kind of one of those things, like, is that really fair uh, to to leave the direwolves off? Because they're so cool and so important, and there's not that many of them, so it's not like you're going to just like, oh, God, we got to let another direwolf in. Like, I think there should be a direwolf in every ballot. So okay. I'm, I'm okay with Summer getting in. Uh, All right. And the next one, though, probably the most important character to talk about, Hodor. Is Hodor a first ballot Hall of Famer? Not close. Of course he is. Of course he is. Uh, and maybe and you look at the, the scheme of this season, there were, oh, there's been a lot of characters that have died, like named characters on our list. I think Hodor tops them all. Uh, and it will be interesting, Andrew. I'm going to give you this question. I'm going to shoot it back to you. Will there be anyone else uh, this season? And you don't have to say who. Uh, I won't put you on the spot there. But will there be anyone else that will be a first ballot Hall of Famer 
that is yet to die other than Hodor. Oh this wow! Uh, I, I, there has been you know because we've been keeping track on this on the podcast. There's been a named character killed every week. So someone that we know has been killed every week, and it's kind of escalating. I I say yes. There is one more first ballot death to come, uh, and I I'll say this. Up until now, I think that a lot of what happened in these first the first four episodes at least is stuff that can be predicted sort of by book readers and maybe some of the trailers. It's stuff that you can maybe foresee. I think this moment is the first moment for book readers where you genuinely didn't know anything, did not know that was going to happen. That's the first real surprise. So going forward... Uh, I think that there's a lot more surprises. And yes, I think someone will die. Ah, uh, finally. How does it feel to not know what's coming, you smug book reader, you and all you smug book readers out there? Join the crowd and enjoy the show for what it is. I don't even know that there's books out there anymore. <laughs> so anyway, all right, let's move on, Andrew. Uh, let's hit some quick fire questions here. What did you think of the high school thespian conference performance of Westeros' All My Children. I loved it. I, I think it was. It should have been longer. I wish it was kind of the whole episode. And I think that if they do the recaps, you know, like HBO Go has the recap of season one, they should just do it with like a by a play. Yes. Like just have it like an, an hour episode recapping the full season one and just do it like a stage play. It was so good. It was like really good, and I kind of wish that um, we could maybe have a spinoff uh, from Game of Thrones. Like some people want to do like Dunkin' Egg, and some people want to do like what happened for Robert's Rebellion. I just want these guys, oh, yeah. <laughs> just a show of them, like a half hour every day, uh, or you know every week, just kind of like a right after Silicon Valley. It's just like Game of Thrones, Silicon Valley, and then these guys. Can we just do that? Is oh, that totally. Oh, totally. Who, That's I'm into that. Favorite, who was your favorite character? On I think my favorite character was Robert. I, I liked he just was a very physical actor. I liked the guts pouring out of his body. <laughs> uh, they they, but I think that like Joffrey was also good, and Tyrion. Yeah. They were all good. They were all good. I like Tyrion. What I lack in height, I make up for in appetite. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So we want more of that. Hopefully, well, we haven't seen the end of that scene or of that like little. Arya arc. Uh, so maybe we'll see that next week. Speaking of Arya, the next question I have for you is Arya isn't no one, right? She's still Arya. Like, I started off this faceless man whole storyline thinking, like, this would be cool. She's being taught to be uh, this awesome assassin. But I've kind of come to the real- realization I think Jack and Hagar sucks. Like, all it is, <laughs> all it is, is assassination for like a, re- a lot of money. That's all. That's boring. I agree. I agree. Because he I, said, you know, like, the price has been paid. That's all it is? It's just assassination for hire? Yeah. If that's the case, like, you would think that this is way cooler, just based on, like, the whole mystique and, like, Jockin and all the whole stuff. But if that's it, man, I don't blame Arya for staying Arya. Arya is way tighter than whatever they're doing, if uh, that is, in, case, in fact, what what it is. And... You could tell she was not digging that thespian performance like we did. Uh, she was she was giving some looks uh, to those folks. So uh, while I'm not sure she will be uh, partaking in the post uh, Silicon Valley showing <laughs> of these guys, uh, didn't seem to enjoy it near as much as we did. All right. So I was right about the whole brand thing and especially the children of the forest. So I'm glad with you, you agree with all of that. So here's a follow up question. Can we all agree that the children of the forest had no chance against the White Walkers with those fireball throws? Those throws were like 50 cent or like Barack Obama first pitch bad throws. Uh, like maybe even Kevin Spacey from House of Cards bad. We, we can agree that there was no chance, right? Right. I think the most unrealistic thing about that scene wasn't the fact that these tree leaf people existed. It wasn't the fact that they had these magical fireballs. It was the fact that the trajectory of their arm would not lead that ball to land where it <laughs> needs to be. That was the most unrealistic part of the episode, or a part of that scene. 
I agree. The children of the forest, I mean, they already suck, but come on. You've got literally fireballs. Like, you have the power to create fireballs, and you can't, like, practice. Like, get some rocks and just throw them around. I guess make some snowballs and just, like, get those arms worked out a little bit. I don't know. I'm not, wasn't a fan. Still not a fan. They need to get uh, Noah Syndergaard to become a child of the forest. There you just go. Just launch those. Just start throwing fire. Yeah. Like, literally start throwing fireballs. All right, uh, let's talk about Euron's election strategy, kind of taking a playbook out of Donald Trump's political playbook. Yeah, he did. Uh, he literally called Theon Little Theon. Like, yeah, he did. Like Little, Mar- little Rubio or Little Marco. Little Marco. Little Marco. <laughs> little Marco and Lion Yara. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I just Donald, this is just... This is life imitating art or art imitating life. Either way, yes. this is uh, Donald Trump's election strategy on the screen. It was not close, by the way, uh, who should have won this election. Like when he pulled the little Theon thing like that, it was game over. Like there was no response. Yara was just like, uh, uh, I got no answer for that. He's so right. <laughs> like, he's so right. Uh, no, I, I think I would have rallied behind Euron as well on, on this. I, I, just I, like I the country seems to be rallying around Donald Trump, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, let's do a quick Brianne Tormund relationship update. Looks like they're going to have to go long distance. Kevin, can these two lovebirds make it work? It's going to be tough because she seems like she's leaving, going to what, the Riverlands? Is that, are we, that's right. is that correct? Uh, that's going to be tough. Although we've seen now a couple a couple looks, a couple things that make you feel like it could work. So I'm going to go with there's still some uh, smoke there. I think it, I think there's going to be a way. They're going to find out a way to make it work. Uh, let's, let's hope so. Uh, you I, I got- made a comment. So earlier in this season, I made the prediction that I thought the wall was going to fall down. Yeah. You you observed something that I think I missed from, from watching the show. Okay, so the quote was uh, from John to Ed. Uh, he said something like, don't knock it down while I'm gone, uh, talking about the wall. And I ask you, was this the biggest piece of foreshadowing ever in the show? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I missed that. I missed that in my first viewing. Uh, I just thought it was a throwaway line. And then I'm like, yeah, the wall is going to fall down, isn't it? Yeah. Or maybe in some metaphorical way, but uh, or maybe literal. I hope literal. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm wondering now, like, I wasn't sure when you said that I, after this whole thing, I'm thinking you might've been onto something there. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The return of giant maps. Okay, I don't know what you're going with here. I'm going to let you ask this question because I have no idea. Okay, well, my favorite part of the show is well, like giant when the, maps. Yes, like in the in the you know, when, when when you read that, did you think that I meant like like giant maps. maps for giants? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I really giants. like I really like when they have a big table and they just get a big scroll, the big big parchment paper, and they throw it out across the table and then they have like little pieces symbolizing armies that's my favorite part of the show i'm glad we got a return to that i'm totally with you uh now that i know what you mean by giant maps yeah i knew uh, you didn't by how you pronounced that like your your enunciation was like giant maps wrong syllable yeah i'm looking at this uh you capitalized giant maps so I, i read that as like giant maps (laughs) uh okay i'm glad that that's good okay last thing andrew here uh we saw another example of time travel and like legit time travel in this one um what do you think of this okay i'm really on the fence here well let's i want to give you specifically and to our listeners at home a little introduction to time travel I kind of watch a lot of time travel television and movies. You would, yes. Yeah, and like Doctor Who or Terminator, Back to the Future, or even movies like Time Cop, right? <laughs> There's different rules for how time travel works. I'm not going to explain them all to you, but what we have here is, is what is called a causality loop okay. because cause time is not necessarily linear. Uh-huh. Time is... Kind of a jumble, Kevin. 
Okay. So uh, in this in this universe, in this how these rules work is that there is only one timeline, and that Bran has influenced the timeline in the past to influence what's going on in the present and in the future. So it's not like he went back in time and now everything's changed. He went back in time and changed it to be how it has always been. So like this is just how it works. He's his own grandpa. Okay. I think I understood what you just said. So what I'm I'm saying is he can't go back in time to change something. It's already been changed. Okay. So like he couldn't go back uh and like talk to for instance like there's a theory out there that like the mad king went mad because brain was like talking in his ear right so maybe that's already happened and we don't know it yet and right. maybe that truly did happen because brain tried to go back and talk in his ear well that, that could but, have happened or it could have been the raven the three-eyed raven or it could have been the next one but that is a possibility okay Interesting. That, I, I i'm hoping for that to be the truth I, I like that theory. It's a good theory. It's a good yeah. theory. So anyway, uh, I, I don't know if we're going to have any more time travel because we don't have uh, any more tree, the giant tree to help us. But maybe some Darn. of the baby, maybe the baby weirwood trees can give us like a little uh, quick jolts of flashback or some, some just, you know, short bursts of it. But we'll see. Okay. Uh, has anyone seen Jimmy the Bravosi since this episode aired? <laughs> Like you know, I've been trying to call him. I was trying to get him not up on like, Twitter. He's not hanging in a closet somewhere, is he? You know, it's a good question. I did reach out to him on Twitter at uh, what was it? <laughs> making at, gold uh, dragons on the making real. Making gold dragons on the real at making gold dragons on the real. I did not find him. He he didn't respond for some reason. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what he's up to. We might have to reach out to Jimmy the Bravosis of time. Okay, let's uh, do a quick uh, bed sheet roundup here uh, and and kind of get you clued in on why Jimmy the Bravosi uh, may not be in the best of spirits right now. Yeah, he's struggling. We are not gamblers. You are the world's best gamblers. Gambling. 40,000 gold dragons to the champion. Look at the fun we're having. Uh, Andrew Hodor paid 50 to 1. He was the highest. He was the biggest long shot. This is like Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. This is huge. Uh, We had him number 24 out of 24 in the death pool list. So if you drafted Hodor, which you probably should have, you got to take these long shots. You probably just won. It's, I mean, they can already, you can close down. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's, that's all you got to say about that. But one question I had, Andrew. Looking at this uh, the Superbook bet sheet here, we had the Lord Commander, who will be the elected 999th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Do we count Ed here? Because, Andrew, it does say elected. And I think it's safe to say that he was not, quote, elected. What do you well, think? It's not like they went into the cafeteria and, and casted their little tokens, but you did have everyone kind of like gather around him and kind of nod at him. And sometimes between men, like men don't need to communicate with, with little tokens. <laughs> they don't need to communicate with official ballots. Sometimes you can say, you know, the weight of history with just a look and a nod. And I think that's enough for for Ed to be considered the 999th Lord Commander. So I think other pays. You know, he <laughs> one of the best lines in the in the entire uh, show this or this episode was, "I'm not the Lord Command." Uh, <laughs> he kind of looks around like, "Oh crap, maybe I am the Lord Commander," because <laughs> he's got like the cloak and everyone's kind of looking at him to lead. I'm not the Lord Command. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I think I think, I think right. that's maybe enough so. of an election. I think those looks that's enough of an election. Okay, all right, I'm in. Uh, so. Uh, we're also looking, Andrew, at this bed sheet, and most kills was one of the uh, categories. And we're looking at the list now. And after last week, is Danny a lock to win this thing? I don't think so. So she had 15 kills last week. I, I don't think that's a lock at all because uh, I think we've got a big battle coming up. 
And I think we've got other crazier stuff going on. So 15 is going to be competitive, but uh, I don't think Danny. And now Danny was not even listed in right. that She'd list. So she would field be a good. field. She would be a field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's some other ones. Robert Strong hasn't done anything other than his cool head smash. That's uh, haven't right. haven't even seen Drogon yet. Uh, we haven't seen the confrontation at the Sept of Baylor. Uh, Ramsey and John are about to fight their armies. There's a lot to still happen. Yeah, there's a lot of fighting yet to come. Okay, Andrew, I think it's time we talk about the all-star team selections. The season is halfway over. Time to play the all-star game. And all of our loyal listeners, several of them, uh, wrote in and casted their ballots. Several. You make it seem like there was like four. We had quite a few ballots come in. It took me like 30 minutes to count them. Okay. It was that long. That's a Uh, lot. That, that that was a lot. It was it was more than I thought. Uh, so it, it was it was a little daunting, but we did get all the votes tabulated and we all have a tie? of the no, we broke. We had to break the tie with my vote. Oh. Okay, because <laughs> okay. I didn't vote until the end. Uh, all right, so here is the winners. Here is your all star teams for the Eastern Conference. This is Essos, the captain with the most votes. Uh, I think this had to be the tie that was broken. Uh, to be captain. Arya Stark is the captain of the Eastern Conference uh, with a tiebreaker of my vote uh, beating out Daenerys Targaryen is number two. And number three, maybe a surprise, maybe not, Varys. Varys gets in from the Eastern Conference. I did not vote for Varys, I don't believe. Uh, who did you vote for here? Uh, in your- uh, I had Arya, Danny, and I think I put Tyrion. I put Jorah. Okay. And the only, only reason why is because, like, he sniffed out how to get to Vastothrak, he found the ring, and he had some pretty uh, touching lines this week with Daenerys. I think he's feeling a lot better than he did before. I, I'm, You know what? I'm giving it to Jorah. Tyrion okay. has not done anything for me so far. This, And I love Tyrion. I just haven't seen it. Okay, let's move um, on to the Western Conference. This is most of Westeros, the southern part of Westeros. Captaining the Westeros, the Western Conference All-Star team is Euron Greyjoy. Mm. A new character, hasn't been in it tons, but he did kill Balon Greyjoy on the bridge. And he did win the Kingsmoot. That's enough for him to get the captain, I guess. Okay. Uh, number two, Gregor Clegane, uh, also known as the Zombie Mountain. Hasn't done much, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. He's just a cool character. If you want to have an All-Star team, you need to have the biggest guy. Okay. Right? Uh, and now number three, who I think should have been the captain, who has definitely won the season so far, is the High Sparrow. I agree uh, with two of those. I would sub Gregor Kuglain out, and my captain would uh, be, obviously, Kevin Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did get some reviews uh, in, in iTunes this week that, that that there are other Kevin Lannister diehards out there. I'm glad uh, that I'm not alone on I this. thought it was just you, but I think you're joined by like one or two other people. I did not leave those reviews. Those are Are you sure? Okay. Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> those are not me. All right, let's move on and talk about the Northern Conference, which I think was the most stacked conference. Yeah, this is the North was. and Beyond the Wall Conference. Uh captaining this team of course is Jon Snow. Came back yeah. from the dead. Uh, that's huge. Huge, huge. Yeah. Uh so Jon's captaining this and he's now uh, about to go Recruit an army like John Calipari. Uh, Number two, Sansa Stark. I don't think Sansa would have made any other all-star game before this. Oh, no. This is her coming out out year. uh, Yeah. And number two, it actually, she wasn't too far behind John. She's a breakout candidate this year, clearly. And number three, Ramsey Bolton. No one likes Ramsey, but you gotta, you gotta give it to him, right? You gotta give it to him. I actually went another direction only because I just don't want to vote for Ramsey for anything. I went with Ed. Okay. He's had <laughs> some know? good one-liners this, this year. He's, He's now the Lord liners. Commander. He saved uh, him with the, with the whole going to get the, the, uh, the army of the wildlings to save from them, but, you know, busting in the door. And he became Lord Commander. Like, he's doing things. He's, he's getting it done. Uh, let's talk about a couple things with this. This is a pretty solid all-star game. Uh, if you hadn't read the rules... These characters will now play a game of Sex in the City Monopoly, and the winner 
will get home field advantage in the wars to come. Huge. So who, who, what team do you think has the best shot or even player? Let's say they're playing it individually. What player has the best shot to win Sex and the City Monopoly as the all-star game? You know, you're looking at these teams. They're actually pretty even. Like every team has some, like, I, I think the, the Eastern versus the Northern Conference are probably the two strong ones. But there's no, like, overwhelming team here. Uh, I'm going to probably go with the John Sansa Ramsey team over Aria Daenerys Varys team, but it's close. Okay, so I think that the final battle will be fought in the North if they win. Uh, any snubs? No Hodor. You know, I think Kevin, a little Kevin too Lannister. late. Okay, obviously Kevin Lannister. Uh, <laughs> no Hodor. Uh, his Maybe his vote campaign happened a little too late. The impetus for people voting for him maybe happened a little too late because we just closed voting today. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Jorah was a close one for me. I kind of like Jorah. It was not on there. Uh, but I think you're right. It, it does come down to Hodor. Maybe Davos. Uh, yeah, a couple a couple of votes. One one. Maybe Brienne just missed out too. Oh, okay, yeah, that would have been close. So, so there you go. I'm I'm very happy. Brand did not get voted in. That it was, that warms my heart. Uh, that our listeners uh, are on the same page there. Uh, a couple other things, Kevin. Should they just cancel this whole thing every year? The Game of Thrones All Star Game comes up, and no one watches. <laughs> no one wants to play. No one they wants to leave. play. The good news is all of these these snubs are going to end up making it anyway because all the, the all-stars are just going to – they're going to be Tom Brady you know, and just not play. Yeah, you know, like sore rotator cuff. Right. But right. Uh, they should Soul just add a dunk contest. Like make it an all-star weekend. Mm-hmm. Dunk contest. Who would be the best dunker in Game of Thrones? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to go with Oberyn Martell. Oh, yeah. I, I right. get kind of like a Dominique Wilkins vibe from Ober and uh-huh. Martell. He's pretty yeah. pretty lanky, got some long arms, uh, can do some some high flyer stuff. I, I don't have a better answer than that. I, I think Ober and Martell is the best dunker in Westeros. Maybe Gregor, like, but we haven't really seen it. Yeah. I think the thought about Gregor is like, did Shaq ever win a dunk contest? No, he no, was just Gregor. all power. Not Grace. Grey Worm. Grey oh, Grey Worm. Worm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grey Worm could be like a Spud Web type of. Right. Type of dunker. He's not short, but he's like real small. The only other one I would say is um, maybe one of the dire wolves. And just to be like, <laughs> just to be, I just want to see a wolf like dunk. Air, air bud uh, type of thing. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. Uh, anyway. All right, okay. So well, that's the all-star team. Thanks for participating, folks at home. Let's move on. And Kevin, I want you to step your game up. What you looking at? Step your game up. What you waiting for? Step your game up. Go come on in the dust. Step your game up. Drop it to the floor and just. Okay, I put this game together for you, Kevin. This is a game called Is This a Real Game of Thrones Theory? Real A Song of Ice and Fire Theory? Or is this just a theory that I literally made up? Okay. okay, there's lots of crazy theories out there, right? There's lots of crazy ones. Like, it, it's crazy that these exist. So, uh, are these real or right. something I made up? All right, the first one. Are you ready? Yes. The first one is called Varys is a Merman. Varys wants to use Danny's dragons to melt the wall to increase the sea level so that there's more real estate for his merfolk, which is mermen and mermaids. <laughs> under the ocean is this real or did i just make this up you know this is good uh Barris is a merman i think it's just insane enough to be a real theory that is a real theory yes <laughs> isn't that crazy <laughs> like there's a video about Varys being a merman Are you and serious? it is actually well supported Oh man! All it's right. I will well be that supported. When we get down here. Yeah, right. it's okay. Number two, <laughs> Littlefinger is a faceless man. The oh. proximity of the fingers to Bravos has allowed Peter Baelish to train with a faceless man from a young age. He has pretended to be many different people on the show, which explains his large absences from episodes. 
You know, he does seem to get around in a, a surprising fashion, but I'm going to go with no. I think that's you, something you made up. Okay. It is a real theory. Ah, dang and it. let me tell you this. It originally started out as me making it up, but Wait, I what? wanted to make sure that none of the ones I came up with were real. So I Googled to see if Littlefinger <laughs> is a faceless man was a theory. And well, of course that's a theory. sure enough, it's real. All right. It's well, real. That's, that's a, I don't know about that. I think I get a half point. Yeah, I'll give you half point. Like initially, I wanted it to be fake, but it ended up being real. Okay. Number three Brandon and Rickard Stark are not dead. They were allowed to take the black and are secretly working with Benjen Stark north of the wall on a strategy to defeat the White Walkers. So which one is Rickard? Okay, that's Ned's older brother. Oh, Rickard's the dad. Brandon is Ned's older brother. No, this is not true. You made this up. Okay, that is not true. I made that one up. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it was crazy enough. Maybe I needed to make it more crazy. I think you needed to make it more crazy. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, number four, Bran ate Jojen Reed. They were at the tree, and they had nothing to eat, so they ate Jojen. Uh, I think that's a real theory. That's a real theory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a real theory. That that one's actually fairly well known as like the Jojen paste that Jojen gave his life, and then they had to like Ugh. eat Jojen to like get the werewood powers and whatever. Seriously? So yeah, that's a real one. Yeah, I was more blunt about it in my description. Okay. Uh, all right, the last one. You're doing pretty well on, the, on this, Kevin. Uh, the, the the last one I have for you is Danny is Tyrion's mom, taking a cue from classic Greek Greek drama. Tyrion is Oedipus in this uh-huh. story and will marry his mother, Danny. Tyrion is the stallion who will mount the world. Uh, I think you made this up. That is wrong. That is a real theory. What? That, that you remember the, the witch uh, who basically killed her baby? Yeah. Well, they were saying that through blood magic, this is real. You can look this up. It's not that oh hard to find. God. <laughs> that through magic, that baby was transported back in time to Whatever. Tyrion's mom. Jesus. And no. then it fulfills the Oedipus, the Oedipus story. Okay. But like I... it was so damaged during the time travel that he became a dwarf. That's real. That's a real theory. Ugh. Okay. okay, Kevin, you did you did pretty well. I feel pretty good about you, that. You should feel pretty well. I hope you did well at home. Uh, but, Kevin, it's now time to talk about the new members, the new inductees of the Book of Brothers. Book of Brothers. I've always dreamed about having a brother. All the great deeds of all the great kings go out That is correct. Kevin, tell everyone how you can become a member of the Book of Brothers. It's very simple. All you have to do is take your little podcast listening machine, whether it's a computer, iPad, iPhone, whatever, go out to iTunes and just leave a comment. Give us a five-star rating, leave a review, just leave your name. That's all you have to do. Probably takes you, what, 30 seconds tops? Pretty simple. Just leave that review, leave that comment. We had quite a few this week, Andrew. I think our pleading last week might have helped. Our goal was to get to 100 by the end of the year. I think we're up in the 40s now, like 45 or 46, something like that. So we're almost halfway there. Keep leaving those Book of Brothers reviews, and we will add you to the Book of Brothers. Andrew, why don't you lead it off this week to with the uh, first inductee uh, of the Book of Brothers for the week? Okay, uh, the first one inducted into the Book of Brothers, which gets you a vote at the end of the season MVP, end yes. of the season champion. Just, just so you know, these are extra perks. Okay, the first one inducted, Derek the Disgraced. Oh, no. Poor Derek. So Derek, his nickname is the Disgraced. His great deed is that he was forced to resign his position as Master of Ships on the small council after, a, after sending a raven with a charcoal drawing of his pork sausage to the cupbearer <laughs> intern of Sir Randall Tarley. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That is 
<laughs> That's too bad. Disgraced master of ships. Sorry, Derek. Uh, Sorry, Derek. You still well, got into the Book of Brothers, but your great deed hey. is not so great. That's true. Okay, I've got one here. This is Andrew uh, Bigfinger. Okay, uh, so you've heard of Littlefinger, but have you heard of Bigfinger? Andrew, aka Bigfinger, was known as the Concessions King of Westeros. He sold and marketed all kinds of merchandise at the tourneys, but especially those big, huge, oversized foam fingers for all the great houses of Westeros. Nary a tourney did you see several foam fingers in the sands. In the stands, we had gray fingers for competitors in the north, red for the Westerlands, blue for the Vale, and others. Good old big finger. Big finger. I love it. You know, Westeros needs needs concession fingers, too. Sure. You know. Sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. Buck. Buck, his nickname is Second Place Buck. Okay. Yeah, m- mine aren't very positive this week. <laughs> I know. It sounds like it. the disgraced in second place. Second place Big Buck. Finger. Big Finger is way cooler. Okay, Buck, his uh, great deed is his family's bid to build the wall came in second place at the <laughs> joint board of directors for the first men and the children of the forest. His bid lost out to Bran the Builder and the Stark family. This forever set back his family's construction business, and they were forever relegated to building generic taupe-covered apartment complexes and Burger King playground additions. Oh, you know. Second place, Buck. That's still pretty good business. Uh, you know, you can still make some money doing that. You got to sell a little piece of your soul, but, uh, you know, that's, that's not bad. Uh, I've got the last one here for the week, Riley, who, Andrew, she is the queen of blades. Pretty sweet name, right? The queen of blades. She was bored with traveling by horse or buggy. Riley, who was a cobbler's apprentice, was the first in Westeros to add small wheels to the bottom of new shoes, which were four in a line. She would glide throughout King's Landing on her new invention, often yielding two blades on her back to dissuade thieves from trying to steal her new blades. Onlookers dubbed her Queen of Blades. We now know her invention, Andrew, as rollerblades. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's Queen, that's, that's quite Queen the invention. Happened in King's Landing. Who would have known? King's Landing. Yeah, she would just just <laughs> skate all around through there with those two blades on her back. I love Queen it. Well, uh, those are the inductees this week to the Book of Brothers. I think we've got a couple more to get to. We will get to you in the weeks to come. But now it's time to look forward to next week and do the It Is Known prediction segment. It is known. Is known. It is known. It is known. Kevin, we're going to start with you. Uh, you wrote down a bunch of notes. You have a bunch of thoughts. You have all these things swirling. How's this going to go forward? We're halfway through. What's going to go down? I have two things uh, that I really want to see next episode. I want to see Kevin Lannister in all his glory, and I want to see the Blackfish return. We had some hints that the Blackfish is back in town, that he's put together an army. My man, uh, I would like to see Blackfish, and I would like to see Kevin Lannister. Uh, Also, uh, we did see a hint that something is going down in King's Landing next episode. Very excited for this. Uh, Hopefully, we get the the Waco... Uh, Branch Davidians uh, <laughs> theory that you put out there uh, potentially uh, with the nice folks inside the Sept of Baylor. Uh, so that will be something to watch. And then I'm interested to see where Littlefinger's plot goes now after that whole encounter with Sansa. He says, I don't need you anymore. You can't protect me. Something tells me Littlefinger's not going to just let that go. So we're going to see him and the Knights uh, maybe join forces, figure out a way to head toward Winterfell. We shall see. But those are a few it is known predictions. Andrew, what do you have? It is known. Okay. I I want to talk about Bran for just a second. Okay. Uh, I think Bran's time travel stuff is going to make you rethink everything that came before. I think there's these little hints and nooks and crannies where Bran can kind of be seen. So it, it, I think we're going to see that happen a little bit more often where you can go back and see like, oh, this may have been Bran's influence. Uh, Other than that, looking forward, 
Uh, there is a special character that we may see help Bran out that, that some folks have been waiting for for a long time. Kevin is not enjoying this Bran discussion. Uh, but let's want to talk about King's Landing. <laughs> King's Landing prediction. You, you kind of stole my thunder. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think the Waco thing is going to happen this episode. I think oh, there's no. going to be a confrontation, but I don't think it's going to happen in episode six. It's all going to be talk. I think it's, it's going to be, be like, I think this is going to be like the weigh in. Like this is the boxing match weigh in for okay. the fight that happens in like episode eight or nine. Okay. Hold me back, bro. Uh, yeah, that's what it's going to be. So we're going to get a taste of what it's going to be, and then right. it's actually going to happen in episode eight or nine. Okay. All that's right. my well, thought. Fair enough. Well, Andrew, a pretty good episode, a very sad episode, I think, but still a good one. Uh, any closing thoughts before we uh, wrap this up and get out of here? You know, uh, we've got to get through this together. Anytime a community suffers a loss like the one we sure. suffered on Sunday, it's sure. just we got to look out for each other. We got to got to smile at each other. We got to be nice to each other. And you Come know, if, if someone needs a piggyback ride, you got to be the one to do it. <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, thanks again, of course, everybody who has listened, and especially those who have taken a few seconds out of their day to go out and leave a review on iTunes. Please continue to do that. You can find us on Twitter at Make Westeros. You can find us on the good Facebook at Make Westeros Great Again. And, of course, on Gmail, Make Westeros Great Again at gmail.com. Thank you for all the folks also that uh, submitted their all-star ballots. That was kind of fun to see the all-star teams get put together, Andrew. Uh, very nice work. And I think we got some solid teams here. So, uh, with that, we will catch you next week on the Make Westeros Great Again podcast. Uh, Valor Margolis? Valor Dohiris. Go Make Westeros Great Again. Thank you. Thank you.